Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. Want to hear a story? Welcome back to Storytime with M. This is a mini episode from M's Books and Cats podcast, and I am sharing my book Super Gym with you, a chapter or sometimes two a week. This week is chapter eight. I would like to put a trigger warning on here. There is talk of SA, eating disorders, violence, addiction. Just be warned. Otherwise, enjoy. Maggie didn't know where she was. Another room in the clinic? It was dark, but there was a bluish light coming from what looked to be a large vending machine at the end of the hall. But that was impossible. Vending machines were outlawed along with junkies. They had all been destroyed or repurposed into racks for the dumbbells. Someone was standing in front of the machine. They stopped and took something out of the door at the bottom. A cylinder. A can of some kind. There was another person leaning against the side of the machine, but they were hidden in shadow. The person in front of the machine snapped open the can and turned her face to the light. It was Monica. It had to be. Maggie would know that pinched face anywhere. Monica said something and laughed. Maggie was startled by the sound. Monica never laughed. Laughter was not acceptable under Mr. Pratt's rule, and Monica was an obedient client. The girl took a long drink from the can and burped loudly. It couldn't be Monica, but it looked exactly like her. Maggie crept a little closer. The blue light hurt her eyes in the darkness. She ducked behind a column as Monica turned toward her. She could just make out what she was saying. It's weird, right? The whole concept is ahead of its time. The programs are finally up and running smoothly. No more glitches. Her companion replied, but Maggie couldn't hear what was said. She saw Monica smile. Do you think they know what's going on? The hosts, I mean. Do you think they have any idea? Another muffled reply. The person in the shadows shifted and Maggie saw a slim brown arm reach out and take the can from Monica. I'm glad I was chosen for the storyboard. Can you imagine? Laying around all day? I'd go crazy. Maggie inched closer and hid behind another column. She could hear the other voice now. It was very faint and familiar. They don't know what's going on. That's what the medication is for. You know what I mean. I'm just glad I don't have to be involved. I love my part. It's so gruesome. I wish they had made me less of a bitch. Monica pushed a loose strand of hair out of her eyes. Maggie noticed she wasn't wearing her super gym uniform. What would be the fun in that? Monica's friend crumpled the can and tossed it into an unseen trash can. The metallic thud echoed off the walls. Come on, I want to watch Jeremy play. 
He's so sexy. If you're into that kind of thing. They walked quickly away from where Maggie was hiding. Monica's long leg stride was unmistakable, but Maggie was watching the other girl. There was something familiar about her bouncing black ponytail. An alarm was blaring. Maggie's eyes snapped open. She tried to turn off the alarm but found she could not move. The noise went on for some time. The abrasive sound tore through her head. She could barely think. All she knew was that she was paralyzed. That's what you get for being a stupid idiot, she thought. That's redundant. Shut up, other Maggie. She was convinced that she was losing her mind. She'd been able to hide it for some time, but it was happening more often now. There had always been other voices, even when she was little. She assumed this happened to everyone. The voices never stayed long, or they melted into another voice. Her voice. Then things had changed. One voice had distinguished itself from the din. It had become a defined personality and was no longer a part of herself. This voice liked to give advice. It liked to pass judgment. It never agreed with her. She'd started calling it Other Maggie, and it was growing stronger by the day. Time passed. There was no way to know if it was seconds or hours. The blare of the alarm was incessant. Maggie could see it sawing away at her sanity. She felt like she was very close to some kind of limit. Her mind was on a precipice, and it was becoming more and more difficult to balance. Slowly, she became aware of a tingling in her limbs. She wiggled her toes. It sent an electric shock through her body, but she didn't cry out. Tiny pinpricks of heat entered her muscles. It burned. The pain was almost too much. The light above the door turned red and flashed rapidly. Dr. Clyde entered. He touched the wall, and the alarm fell silent. His eyes were bright with excitement behind his glasses. He grinned as he leaned over her bed. Maggie didn't like it. He looked like a mischievous little boy. Did you try to move? It can be quite electrifying. He waited. His smile faded a little, and he tapped his tablet. I'll assume you did. Don't worry. It wears off after a while. The first dose is always the worst. You've been denying your body nutrients for a very long time. It takes a while to remember what healthy feels like. He adjusted his glasses and looked at his notes. While we wait, I'll take your morning wait. The bed acts as a giant scale. Helps us stay on schedule when the pill lasts longer than expected. It does make the bed rather uncomfortable. I am sorry about that. He punched in several codes and watched the screen. Maggie could see the numbers reflected in his glasses. 196. Had she really gained that much? No wonder Mr. Pratt smacked Tessa around. Even Maggie was shocked by the number. That's piggish. Maybe you should have listened to Tessa while she was still alive. Maggie ignored the voice. Dr. Clyde looked grim. 
No boyish smile now. Move your arms. She hesitated. Dr. Clyde sighed impatiently. Come on. It will have worn off by now. It won't hurt. Maggie lifted her arms slightly. It felt heavy, but it moved. She slowly lifted herself until she was sitting on the edge of the bed. Dr. Clyde sat at the table and regarded her over the rims of his glasses. I'm afraid you have not made any progress. It's the first day. The first pill usually works rather quickly. I am hopeful we will see a major loss at the lunchtime weighing. How often am I weighed? Three times a day, four on the weekends. And you expect a loss at each? That is what Tessa predicted. I think it's a bit lofty, but she was always the favorite around here. She worked here? Off and on. He looked annoyed. She didn't have the proper education in food sciences. I thought she was just a trainer. She was. And then you started causing problems. Nothing we tried worked on you. She was brought in to lead the team in a new direction. No one knew how to deal with such a stubborn client. Your file is quite extensive. No other client has tried and failed for this long. So you're torturer number one now that she's gone. That's why I'm here? I am Mr. Pratt's chief dietitian. I was assigned to your case because I worked closely with Tessa on your health plan. It's really your plan, isn't it? I am afraid that's not possible. Only trainers can make plans for clients, and I have not been promoted. He would never be promoted. He was too thin. Most clients had the same gaunt, hollow look, but the trainers were hand-selected by Mr. Pratt for their beauty and muscle tone. They endured a rigorous initiation before being tanned and highlighted to perfection. They were the ideal. They were what everyone else was always striving to become. Dr. Clyde was watching her. Maggie was momentarily afraid he could hear her thoughts. That's ridiculous. Stop being so stupid. Dr. Clyde adjusted his glasses again and sighed. This is not a promising beginning, Maggie. We only have a month. We need every single way in to achieve your goal. Play along. Suggest a punishment. I'll do an extra hour in the pool. Better make it the treadmill. He made a note on his tablet. That reminds me. Don't tell Thor about your new diet plan. He's your trainer, but... Your diet is now being handled exclusively by Mr. Pratt. Do you understand? I won't say a word. That would be easy. Speech was impossible during a Thor workout. Dr. Clyde looked pleased. He snapped his notebook shut with a creepy grin. Good girl. I hate him. I really, really hate him. Play nice. You don't want it to happen again. Not yet. Go on now. We have a bicycle waiting for you downstairs. It's a very scenic ride to the super gym. 
and it's only 12 miles. Great. Maggie noticed the light above the door was yellow again. It switched to green as she passed through. Dr. Clyde made a note and smiled. The corridor was dingy and dimly lit. It was an old building, one of the ones still under renovation. The ancient elevator had not yet been removed, but she knew better than to try it. It wouldn't work, and it would set off a silent alarm. A fit squad would be there almost immediately, and she'd be in trouble again. That would mean extra workouts, and she already had an extra hour of cardio. She stepped out into a dull gray world. The sky was darker than usual. It was going to rain. It always got darker before it rained. That was the only time the sky changed. It was always gray. Maggie could remember days when the sky changed colors. When she was a child, it had been blue. She took the bicycle from the rack. It was the only one which was strange in Famicili. Everyone had a bike. She wondered if she was the only one staying in the building. A loud clap of thunder shook her from her thoughts and sent her speeding toward the entrance in the wall. The massive iron door swung open, and she rode through. Thunder rumbled and lightning flashed. The sky opened up. She pulled up her hood and pedaled steadily through the rain. Her clothes were soaked through by the time she reached the super gym. The rain continued to pound down, and the patio was filled with water. She sloshed through on weak, shaking legs. The glass doors slid open. A bell rang. Maggie stumbled through and stood dripping just inside. The main room was packed. The sound of feet pounding on treadmills was deafening. Everyone turned to stare at her, but the moment was brief. The trainers immediately snapped at their clients and increased their speeds. She saw Thor coming. He stormed through the gym. Her heart raced at the sight of him. Pain exploded in her chest. He grabbed her arm and squeezed. Hard. You're late. I had to bike from... No excuses. It's pouring rain. That's an excuse. She sighed. His grip slackened. Just a little. I'll do an extra hour on the treadmill. In addition to the one from Dr. Clyde? You know about that? Of course I do. I'm your trainer. I know everything about you. Did he really know everything? Was this some kind of test? Maggie hurried to the locker room to change into dry clothes. She had to borrow super gym clothes, which were always too tight and made of translucent purple and green spandex. Thor grinned when he saw her. It was scarier than his usual frown. Get over on the mats. You're starting with push-ups. And that is the end of Chapter 8, Book Lovers. I hope you're enjoying Super Gym, and I will be back next week with another chapter. Until then, keep reading. <laughs>